The Hubscale podcast is back with the 15th episode. This week's amazing guest is Owen Keary, the founder and CEO of Edscan. We're going to dive into a lot of brilliant topics today around the skill gap in security, vulnerabilities to look out for, and of course, much more. Owen, it is great to have you on. It's a pleasure to be here, Elliot. Um, it's great to see you. <laughs> no awesome stuff. So I guess for everybody who doesn't know yourself and, and anything yeah. about you, just give a quick intro. That'd be awesome. Yeah, uh, Owen Curie is my name, uh, founder and CEO of Edgegan, was CTO at one point, um, technical by nature, was a developer, was on the global board of the OS Foundation and vice chair for a bit five years, um, um, was the one of the leads and authors of the OS testing guide, the OS code review guide. So I've, I've been doing so software security, um, you know, penetration testing, application security for about, I don't know, I'm getting very old now, I see 25 years. Um, so yeah, that's me. Awesome. No, it's, it's great. It's been an amazing career as well, which I'm sure we're going to touch on a few of yeah. those today. But also Edgecan, of course, you founded the company yeah. nearly nine years ago now. Um, so yeah, just dive into a little bit about what you guys do. Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, my 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 background was when I moved from being a developer to uh, I was a software developer when I, when I graduated from college. I was in technology in like uh, telecommunications and finance and stuff and banking, and I was building systems for all those types of industries. And I I moved uh, into software security, and I used to do source code review for security before there was a thing called SAST, which is like the automated version of that now to to most extent. And uh, so it predated that. I was doing code review for for vulnerabilities, um, with, with with Fidelity Investments, and and, uh, and we I, I moved on then into sort of getting more hardcore in, into software and stuff like that, um, to the point where I ran penetration testing for EY or Ernst Young uh, for for Europe for for many years, and we used to do very very large scale pen tests, uh, being you, you know dealing with enterprises, um. You know, they may have hundreds or, or even thousands of web applications. And, you know, at the time it was, we were throwing 120 pen testers globally. So we had pen testers for anywhere from Spain and London and Dublin, Houston, Argentina, Poland, you name it, Ukraine. We, we, we had testers from everywhere um, doing this sort of uh, high volume, I suppose you might call it industrial penetration testing. Um, so, so, you know, the, you know, looking back at it, you know, it, you know, it, it was prohibitively expensive to do that because it's very human driven. Um, and it's also not scalable because, you know, it, since then, in the last say, even 10 years, you know, we're, we're building systems um, in, in sort of an, you know, the word is agile fashion, which means, you know, we're deploying very quickly. We're deploying frequently. We're not waiting for something to be built totally before it, it deploys. We iteratively add to the features of the application as it's as it's alive, and and penetration testing is in effect is a point in time assessment, which means that for the period you do the test and and the, and then the findings are reported, that's the period of the of the state of the application. Um, so so it doesn't really keep pace with change, and change is a huge enemy of security um, in terms of change introduces risk. Um, but then again, if you don't change, you know, there's an old saying as well: to live well is to change often. So, so, so you know, change is part of life. Um, so, so, so we we built Edgegan, and Edgegan is a hybrid. Uh, it's a SaaS, it's a cloud-based SaaS. It's a hybrid pen testing as a service uh, platform. It covers attack surface management, 
uh, full stack vulnerability management, which means that we've combined the visibility of, of network and device security and web application and API security in the one, in the one platform using our technology. And uh, you know, we have very, a lot of custom sort of scanning engines and engines to detect vulnerabilities in different technologies. And, and very much then, you know, it's, 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 um, it, it's by virtue of that we, you know, in order to secure or make a dent in the security universe, we can't rely on human uh, manual testing because the cloud is here. Things change too quickly. It's too expensive. Um, so EdgeCon combines the best of humans where needed and automation where needed in order to, to provide, uh, in, in order to move the dial, uh, as opposed to just using technology and scanners on one side or, or just using humans on the other side. We sort of fit in the middle to try and, 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 and address the problem of, of industrial scale uh, vulnerability intelligence. Sorry for that long-winded note, but the, 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 that's what we do. Yeah. yeah, no, no, for sure. I like, I like the background story and, and it led right really nicely into, up into the EdScan story as well. So, no, it's awesome. Stories, yeah. it, um, I think it's pretty cool because when when founders um, go yeah. for the problem themselves and then create a company around that problem that they had, I think that's pretty yeah. cool. And it's a lot of a lot of great companies have formed that way, uh, in, including EdScan as well. So um, I guess kind of want to talk through that journey just a little bit as well, because Stepping from a CTO into the CEO position, I remember you and I were speaking about that briefly before, and that's yeah. a unique change and a pretty cool one at that as well. So just talk to me a little bit about that journey. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so you know, I, I grew up, you know, as a as a technologist, uh, developer, pen tester, uh, software security person. Um, and you know the, the the CTO role suited me. And to be honest, some of my, my my colleagues and peers and people I looked up like up to in the industry that I know through OWASP, when they founded their companies, uh, you know, and some of them would be very successful. Um, they all they all took the CTO role. So you know, at the time it was like, yeah, I think I need to be the CTO. And like you know, Edgecam was my brainchild, and 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 you know, the the, the problem we're trying to solving was something that I felt I still feel very passionately about because cybersecurity is only getting worse if we look at the way you know breaches are so much more common now, and the the industry is insulated from recession primarily because the, you know the the amount of actors and the ease of, of breaching systems is you know you can buy stuff on the on the on the dark web you can buy you can buy toolkits for you know a hundred dollars which will which will breach breach a system for you you know uh, you know and, and it's in, it's it's an industrial scale cybercrime in effect so you know that's where we are um so so, so cto the idea of 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 um the the idea of, of of running steering the ship from a technological point felt like like the thing and it worked for a number of years but as you grow, as you scale, so you go from startup to scale up, and you know, I, I feel, I still think, you know, we're, we're firmly in the scale up space. Um, all of a sudden, you need somebody to represent the company from a a, a trust perspective, a uh, believe me, we will deliver what we say we will deliver perspective, from a commercial perspective, from a visionary perspective, and you know, reluctantly. Um, you know, in some ways, but also in other ways, maybe, you know, the, the, the CTO, we, you know, we currently have is probably way better than I ever would be. Um, uh, you know, you have to pass the torch. Um, so, so, you know, you know, you know, the CEO role is different. CTO is very about, you know, I suppose when you're a startup as well, so something you'll notice is that you think if you build an amazing product, people will just turn up and buy it. 
And there's, in history, there's lots of uh, examples of great technologies that never took off and, and maybe an alternate technology that probably wasn't as good did take off. Like when we look at Blu-ray and HDVD back in the old days, in the 90s, whatever, the early 20s, or early naughty, should I say, where, you know, to, you know, there's various digital media, which were great ideas, never took off. Um, there's been there's been things like, you know, lots of ideas like that. So, 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 you know, one thing as a startup, um, as a founder, you have to realize that it's not just about how good your product is. Um, we believe our product is really great. But, 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 but not everybody in the world uses it. Why? Because there's a thing called marketing. And, and our marketing, in my view, is trying to explain to people why you should trust us and why, um, why we believe what we do is great and why, how we can solve your problems. And, and you know, it's, it's, there's loads of examples of, of snake oil in our industry as well, right? Um, so, so we needed we need somebody to do that. So, so moving from CTO to CEO was interesting. The CEO role now is you do a bit of everything, right? You know, I, I'm talking to the development team. I'm talking to the CTO currently, you know, the, uh, Brian, our CTO. I'm talking to our head, our, our chief architect, Owen. I'm talking to operations. I'm talking to clients and executives in, in some of our larger enterprise clients. I'm talking to HR. I'm talking to, you know, I'm doing a bit of everything every day. Um, so what you find is when you meet the CTO is you have to try and compartmentalize your time a bit more because you have to do a bit of everything. You have to have oversight of everything because we have a board now. We have some investors on board in the last couple of years as well. So you have to obviously, you're on the hook for that as well. So, so there's a lot going on uh, being the CEO. Yeah, it's not for everybody, but uh, yeah, that's the way, that's the, way the, world, the world has followed for me anyway, yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. No, it's, uh, it's amazing as well. I think, um, yeah, obviously having everybody now kind of all the different functions and moving through different areas and, and going through the hiring processes of a lot of these executives as well. But I think it's pretty cool. I think the the journey that you've gone on already, obviously, you've gone from the zero to one phase and then you've gone from that yeah. phase to the next phase as well. So just talk yeah. slightly yeah. about that, about you, when you've gone past that zero to one phase, which in some respects, yeah possibly the hardest um yeah how do you then accelerate the business by hiring these executives that you have yeah 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 it, it, it's interesting uh you know hiring so i remember my first hire ever um and i was so nervous about it because all of a sudden i was responsible when we were like when it was just me founding the company and the first real hire we had and, and we had to pay this guy's wages because he'd rent to pay and you know and, and he needed to eat right so all of a sudden you know you know you hire first now it's it's fine because you know you, you get confidence over time and you build a business such that like every business has knocks you have good times and bad times but as you mature a business you tend to be a little bit more resilient to those knocks so so you know that you know people's jobs are secure for the for the foreseeable future and the things are going well but when you're a startup overnight you can just be out of business right so um the, the so, so 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 i think that's one thing the second thing is you know with with, with going from being sort of a, a very early stage startup to to, to a scale-up i think is you need to have a lot of uh, belief and there'll be days where you won't want to get out of bed and there'll be the worst days saying, why did I ever do this? And, but then there'll be other days where you say, wow, how could I not have done this? And I could never go back to being uh, per se, you know, uh, quote unquote, an employee, even though we're all employees, we all have a boss, you know, my employees are my clients, um, are my, my employers are my, my clients, sorry. Um, so, so, so we all have a boss. Um, 
but 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 it's 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 very much around uh um having 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 a belief in what you're doing um and you know th there will be times where where you do things which you think are right because sometimes you don't see the wood from the trees and you have to understand over time you need as a leader you need to listen to other people and 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 get their you know if the shoe is on the on the other foot type of conversation you need to understand the market you're in you need to understand that maybe you passionately believe in something but and, and, you, and you don't know why people don't don't see, feel the same way, but you do need to get those moments of clarity, um, you know. And, and we're, we're we're a big believer, for example, in our product in EdgeScan, in listening to our clients. Our roadmap, our development roadmap, is very much based on feedback from our clients, because we're not building vanity features or, or things that are cool at the moment. Like we haven't touched blockchain, for example, because we don't believe there's much use for it right now for what we do. But, but there are other features that we've built, which some of them are very simple, but they're really, really effective and they solve a problem. So it's all about value. Um, and if you can create value um, and if you can solve problems for people and, and if you can, you, you actually are looking to get the opportunity to, 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 to show, show people what you do, I, I think you will be successful. But um, you know, it, it isn't easy. It's not easy, you know. Yeah, no, for sure. No, I can, I can imagine that. And especially the, the first hires that you make into the business as well, because yeah. you've hired senior leaders, CROs, now marketing leaders, yeah. and those lines. So yeah. stepping up, um, obviously, because you're moving from the EMEA region into the US region as well. So yeah. the yeah. hires, how it's so important, because obviously myself being a recruiter, when you land and expand into certain regions, you have to have the best talent possible for your business as yeah. well. Um, so how Agreed. was that hiring the, the first talent over in the US? Yeah, um, for me, it's cultural, like, you know, like in terms of meeting people and seeing if they're a fit, right? It's all about cultural fit. And, and some people, particularly at the executive level, you feel they're not a cultural fit, but they appear to be extremely experienced. But that is not always what you need. Um, you need people that are passionate about their job. They don't need to be academically amazing. They need to be a passion and aptitude and understand your business. Like well, like we hired, um, we've had some misfires in hiring. You know, we've hired some senior execs in the revenue side in you know, the last couple of years. And to be honest, it was, you know, we made mistakes there. And, and, and it was around that, that the resume of that person was, was very strong culturally and the way they want to operate the company uh wasn't it, it didn't work because because the friction between that person and, and other people it just wasn't the same culture um so so culture is really important it's a really important thing for the company anyway um, we get into that maybe you know in, in a few minutes if you wish but but hiring is 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 a mixture of culture um and 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 sort of uh, obviously knowledge and passion um and not everybody needs to be you know, a, a, a you know a super savant, you know Einstein in what they do, but they need to understand that they learn that, that they're in an environment where you learn. The marketing people learn from development in our in our company. The marketing people will, will learn from um, from the operations team. Uh, I learn from operations team. I learn from development. So we share it as a culture of learning, and you need for us personally to have people that that can share, be transparent, open. You know. Uh, share the good and the bad. Um, I, th I think they're the things we look for when, when we hire executives. Um, in, in the US as well, it, it, it's like there are two countries separated by a common language is the old saying about US and say Europe or Ireland and England and the US anyway, or UK and Ireland and the US, should I say. Um, 
but 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 there's a lot of commonalities there um and uh you know i i think i think europeans you know have have a in, in the most respect have a, a name for being hard workers and stuff like that i'm not saying the u.s don't um and then, and then the, the u.s meant the u.s culture is very much it's very much focused on workers and people you know our u.s staff scratch their heads when we take off a couple of weeks for christmas where you know, it's it's normally less, you know, or, or, or the amount of leave some Europeans would take the six weeks where in the US it might be 10 days. Um, you know, obviously, you know, we're not all that lucky, but um, I, I, think, I think those cultures, there's a lot to learn um, and, and, and a lot to share between us. Um, but, but you really do need people that are adaptive. Like if, it, it can't be my way or the highway. Um, it needs to be somebody that has similar interests, similar desires in terms of hiring people. It's not just about the resume and, and, and sort of the swagger of, of any executive. It, it, they need to fit in with, with, with the entire business, not, not just the other executives. Um, you know, uh, I think that's really important as well. Yeah, no, no, for sure. I think it's... Um... I think that's critical, especially when we're moving to new regions and territories and things on those lines. Yeah. And how they yeah. fit in the culture side is, is amazing. And uh, yeah. we, we were speaking before as well, Owen, about kind of your hiring kind of processes mm. is kind sure. of missing something that is huge in security, which is the skill yeah. gap. Um, so we were yes. talking before about you actually look for certain qualities and certain attributes over necessarily somebody's direct yeah. experience in a certain thing. So I'd love to hear more about yeah. that. Yeah, um, you know, the, the, you know, in cyber, there is a term, funnily enough, my, my wife got me a dressing gown a few years ago, the word rock star on the back of it, but there is, there is a, uh, a term in, in cyber and some other industries around rock star being a tech rock star, you know, and in some ways, some of the, some of the Elon Musks and the, the Steve Jobs or, you know, they were rock stars or are rock stars, you know, in, in their own ways. And I think there's a level of that, um, you know, in, in tech and in cyber. You don't necessarily need to have the rock star. Um, what, what, what you need is, you know, people can, you know, if they wish, can go on that path and try and be one. But, 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 but what you really want to do is try and hire people that will make an impact and understand what you're trying to achieve. Um, and, and, and as I said, that, you know, that means admitting when maybe you're wrong. It, you know, and I, I do that regularly. Um, and learning from other people's experience because everybody even maybe not academically or in industry everybody has a different way of looking at things and, and that can be based on the culture of, of, of their family and, and, the, and, the, and the country and the city they live in um, but it could also be based on the experiences in, in previous you know uh, roles they've had during their career and I think everybody has that to bring to the table um so 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 you know i think it's it, it's pretty important to 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 have that it's also very important i think culture like there is this thing around people don't leave companies because of a, a higher salary you know they don't move on they generally move on because it's probably the culture wasn't for them as well um and i i i do believe that too i think i think there is a lot of a lot of inflation in terms of all tech tech positions now anyway but 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 i do think there's an element to that because if people are very happy in their in their in their jobs they may not move for you know uh you know an extra an extra bump in their salary because because they, they you know the risk of moving into a position what stresses them out and there's mental health issues and there's you know uh, work life balance um the other thing which i think is really important and i think a lot of our clients see this uh, i think all our clients see this is that our, our culture internally uh, it, it comes out through our pores uh, via osmosis to our clients 
Um, we have a culture of, of being helpful, of being responsive, of being responsible, of, of having passion, of, of wanting to help and being very flexible and trying to, trying, to, trying to give value to each other internally and also to our clients. And I think, I think if you can nail that um, as a business, I, I, I think, um, I think you, 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 you have a good chance of being, of being a successful business. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. And one point you mentioned there, I literally had uh, our pre my previous podcast with a, was with a chief customer officer, and we were talking yeah. about providing value moving into 2023 to the customers is literally the number one thing that everybody has to do. And it shouldn't be just for this year in general with everything that's going on, but it needs to be every single year moving yeah. forward and every single year what you've done in the past as well. So that's awesome that you're you're really focused on your clients, building this culture as well. So tell me more about that. You mentioned it earlier about the, the cultural aspect mm. of business. Of course, it's the value to the customers, value inside, but how do you build that? Yeah. From the <laughs> Yeah, um, you know, there's a number of things. I, th I think I think the people that that, that deliver the the cybersecurity uh, SaaS that we that we have, I think the people that are behind that um, and the deal customers want to see their clients succeed. Um, if you have that attitude that you want to see your clients succeed um, and be helpful, and 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 it's not it's not only like with a lot of SaaS businesses, you know, we're an annual subscription-based business, right? So like we have a retention rate of about 95%, you know, year on year with our clients. But there's a reason we do that. The reason we have that is because customer success are reaching out to the, our clients all the time. We have technical account managers and, and solutions engineers, and they're making sure our clients are, are, are doing a few things. Um, and, and this is, this, I know this is a, a mechanical thing that I'm just going to talk about, but it stems from a cultural idea. The mechanical thing I'm talking about is the, the idea of talking to the client, seeing if they're getting value from the, from the product or the solution, see, seeing that they understand the, 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 how it integrates and how, how it can improve their, make their lives easier. And doing that on a sort of a regular basis. Also, also making sure that you know, as we deploy new features, which you do regularly in EdgeCan, new, new widgets, new features, new things that we think are good and, and important. Uh, but yeah, you know, I said our roadmap is based very, very, very closely to feedback from clients. Um, you, you know, the, the idea of making sure that they know about them, they understand the value. And what you find is, is that if a client, you know, ultimately gets value from what you do, um, the, you know, the, they'll stay with you, you know, and they'll grow with you. And, and then we, we, not ever, it's not always a better roses with clients. You know, sometimes things will go wrong, but if, but if you have a history of being obliging and positive and passionate and supportive of your clients, um, you, you know, when something does go wrong, you know, it, it's pretty much going to be something that, 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 you know, and things do go wrong. Um, it's going to be a, a, an out of character, an event. It happens in, in all walks of life for everybody. The, uh, but the, the, the relationship is we know you do your best for us, you know, as a vendor client relationship. And uh, I think that's really, really important um, to, to maintain that, to keep that. Um, and, and that's how we keep our clients because, but you know, we've got, we've got a team in 90, 90 odd people in Dublin and we've got a bunch of people in the U S and some in the UK and Europe. And um, primarily what, what we see is, is, is that, um, there's an awful lot of passion for cybersecurity, even amongst our sales uh, and, and our customer success. People get what we're trying to do here. And if, if you, you can, if you can, by osmosis, as I said before, um, sort of share some of that love 
with your clients, I, I think, um, you know, it, it, it's a very positive thing. Yeah, no, no, for sure. I think, um, I think having that kind of dedication towards the clients is, is kind of a test mm. to the business as well, isn't it? And 95% renewal rate, that's high, very, very high for the industry as well. So it's awesome, awesome stuff. So no, Owen, fantastic. And I know, I know, well, I want to kind of switch it up a little bit here as well, because yeah. I yeah. think, um, I think one of the interesting things that you guys do, you actually generate a report every single year, don't you, regarding the vulnerabilities that come out yeah. as well. Yeah. So I want to know what everybody should be watching out for. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's called the Vulnerability Stats Report. The 22 one is on the site. Um, you can download it. Um, the 23 one's in development. It should be out in the next, say, next, next six weeks. It's a lot of work. It's a passion of mine, but it, it just takes some effort. It, it covers the... Um, you know, the, the sort of what, you know, EdgeCamp delivers thousands of, of, of assessments um, uh, every, every month, in effect, um, across lots of verticals, lobby verticals being everything from media, energy, banking, uh, software development, uh, you know, uh, NGOs, uh, government. And we look for vulnerabilities for our clients primarily across web applications, networks, APIs, mobile. Uh, on a continuous basis so that's pretty much what we do as a, as a business and then everything gets validated so our clients only see valid valid uh, real uh, vulnerabilities and that's probably one of the unique parts of what we do um, <clears throat> but but in terms of most common vulnerabilities yeah like we're still seeing stuff which is very re related to uh, ransomware attacks all right so exposed um, it will be all in the devil will be in the detail in the report, but, but, but things that well, we see are very, some of them are very easy to fix, uh, easy to, easy to, easy to find as well. In many cases, uh, exposed remote login, because, because we've had, have a, had a world, a world of, of remote, uh, remote business, you know, people working at home a lot more, you do find a lot more remote, uh, login services. Um, we, you know, we, we, we do a survey about between 500,000 and a million endpoints a year for the report. We include that sample space in the report. And, and we're still finding, you know, thousands of, of exposed remote login uh, services. And, and, and those types of services are, have been and, and are uh, used by ransomware um, uh, groups to guess the password because unfortunately some of these have really weak passwords as well because they're not using multi-factor authentication or any anything like that and you, what you'll find is that it's a very easy way to breach a network get in there and, and then start to plant malware and pivot it within, pivot within the network and stuff so it's not not all malware attacks are about phishing and uh, clicking on links a lot of the very successful ones we've had in the last couple of years um, which have made, which have actually maybe impacted civil society, like energy attacks, attacks on energy companies and, 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 and medical centers and stuff have been by virtue of finding something very weak. So, so, so remote desktop um, services will be one thing. I think, I think the, the, the other your takeaway, not to bore you too much about this, but the other takeaway is around in terms of critical vulnerabilities and stuff. We're still finding stuff like injection and SQL uh, injection attacks and those types of things uh, quite regularly. I think a SQL injection is still the most common critical severity vulnerability we found in 2022. And if you ever, you know, see things like, uh, you know, when a company gets breached and their database gets dumped or stolen, in many cases, it could be due to an injection attack where somebody on the remote has found a way to inject code 
in, in, into, a, into a system and be able to extract data, which they're not really meant to be able to see. So we're still finding that. And what's interesting about SQL and injection tax and those types of taxes, we do have the technology and we've had it for 10, over 10 years and more, maybe 15 years. We've had the technology to prevent this, but we're still seeing it uh, you know, as, as a reason to be common a common vulnerability. So there's a lot more to it than that, but 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 overall, um, I'm not going to say the world, the sky is falling, but there's a lot of work to do. A lot of work to do in terms of uh, of trying to secure society, uh, web applications, you know, civil society, engine, you know, energy, water processing, uh, airlines, uh, you know, transport. Um, all of those things rely now on the internet, and there's still lots of problems out there. Yeah. yeah, no, for sure. And it, it feels like the as the security industry, the vendors, the technology is getting more sophisticated. So the attacks as well. Yeah. So it's like a yeah. cycle of everything just evolving at the same time. <laughs> you know, it is. It is spot on. Like complexity is a huge enemy of, of, of security. And and and, and you know, there's a lot of stuff out there, um, a lot of new technologies. And it's always been the way with cybersecurity and, uh, you know, and secure application development and the things that are, it's always been a way that, it's always chasing, uh, cybersecurity is always trying to chase uh, how we develop and what we develop and the technologies we use, and the frameworks we use. And it, it, it's, it's always been a catch up game. Uh, and, and then following, r- running right behind cybersecurity is illegal. So legal is trying to ca- keep catch up with things like blockchain and, uh, and you know, data protection, privacy laws, breach, breach laws and you know you know change depending on where you live in the world you know they change disclosure of breach laws uh you know legislation fines all that sort of thing but so 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 you know the the the, the there is a, a, a treadmill of of cyber chasing development and technology and then legal chasing cyber and it's it, it's it looks like it's gonna it's a never-ending uh story really so um yeah it, it's it keeps us busy it's interesting but uh i don't think there's any silver silver bullet right now in terms of fixing this yeah no for sure yeah. and um yeah tell me just uh just on completely yeah. separate note about how what, what are your predictions for the security industry over the next maybe 10 years or something? i think uh you know so so there's a, there, there's a thing uh we I a lot of people have tried i tried it it's called chat uh, gpt oh, yeah. it's, it's open ai yeah we've all had a go at it it's pretty yeah. good um you can ask it to write you a, a short story about two lovers or something, and it, and it will actually write the story. You know, this sort of thing. It's very, very good. And you can ask it to write you a blog on cybersecurity, and it will write you a blog on cybersecurity. Um, you know, there's even people that research that you can ask it, ask it to write you a malicious code, um, to write you a, a visual basic script to to execute in an Excel spreadsheet, and to immediately. Uh, steal something or, or copy something from a, your hard drive and send it to this address on the internet. You can ask it to write that code for you. I don't think it's 100% there. It, 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 it's, is it AI in, in, in the sense that it's sentient? No. Um, sentient being broad AI. And broad AI means like you and me, uh, we think about things and we have context. And I, I think in the next 10 years, that will improve. I think, you know, but, but right now we, it, the AI we have is narrow. So, so, so when you get into cybersecurity, you say AI is going to solve everything. It, right now, I don't believe it will. I, I think it's, it's moving the right direction. But, 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 but risk is about context. Risk, risk is about the chance of something bad happening to you. And that, that's contextual. Um, because if it, you know, it, it's not a risk if somebody uh, tries to hit you with an axe if you have if armor on. But if you don't, it is a, a bigger risk. But that's contextual. Um, 
so but but I can see advancements in that. Um, I'm not sure where blockchain and cryptocurrency is going. It's in the doldrums and it's not doing what it was designed to do. It was designed to be a currency, but now it's a, it's a hedge for wealth, right? It's, it's not really what it was meant to do. Um, and blockchain is, is so uneco-friendly. I could see the world uh, in terms of the financial system catching up but with decentralized currency because there's, you know FTX and all these types of things have happened during the year, massive, massive losses of, of wealth. Um, I can't see any massive improvements in web application security. I think the I think a lot of our we're guilty as a, as an industry of pivoting to threat detection and response as opposed to prevention. Because I, I think the prevention world is something we do. What we do is we detect vulnerabilities, tell our clients they fix them, you know, and that's prevention. Where 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 things like the um, you know you know the 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 discovery and response type of thing is more like to see an active something actively happening and doing something about it uh, you know the, you know in some ways does that mean that we've we've accepted that we can't secure stuff anymore that we have to just try and see if we can so we can't put locks on the front door but we can we can see if somebody tries to open it right um <laughs> but I, i'm not so I, I think there'll be advancements in that but but but, but i think like most of the security problems we see now and most of the breaches we see now, they come in different guises, right? You, you have cloud and you have, uh, you know, you have these uh, blockchain or, you know, crypto breaches and you have lots of other, you know, flavors of breaches in different places. But, but, but the, the fundamental weaknesses are all the same and they have been the same for 30 years. Like the fundamental problems in the security have always been the same types of problems. And, and we, we just, we just, we struggle to fix it. Um, um, so yeah, it's, it's, it'll, it'll be an interesting year. I, I think there might be an uptick in in sort of cyber warfare, given where we are right now. And I think as things as, if things escalate, I think I think there could be a bit of that. I think there could be attacks on civil infrastructure, and the reason you attack civil infrastructure um, in, in, in sort of a cyber war is to cause civil unrest. So we shut down power, shut down water processing, shut down food processing, transport. Uh, and if your if your citizens are without power and transport for a few days, you will get problems uh, with your citizens, uh, you know, in civil unrest. So I think I think I think I think that's a higher possibility than it was maybe a few years ago. But look, we have to see. It's going to be an exciting year. Yeah, no, for sure. There's definitely a, there's definitely a lot that could happen, isn't there? Especially yeah. with, with everything in the world that's going on right now as well. But agreed. I know it. Um, it makes complete sense and i like I, I really enjoyed the the story there about what could happen in the future as well with ai it's pretty cool but um yeah. i just um just kind of the last topic of today oh and i wanted to sure. kind of circle right back to the beginning because i yeah. think yeah. Um, you've gone on a crazy journey so far you've done some amazing amazing things and your focus is is solely on the customers but what is edgecan's vision and mission over the next maybe few years as well yeah, I, I, I'm not. I'm not bold enough to say that this is this, what we do is a new way to to solve a problem. What 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 Edgecon has done is we've tried to fix an old problem, make it better. So you know, you know, to to recap on that, we feel software testing software, which are like scanning technologies, um, software testing software. What you're doing is you're using so you're using software that's potentially not 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 perfect to try and find vulnerabilities in software that's not perfect. So humans aren't perfect, and all software has weaknesses. Um, and software cannot outsmart humans yet, as we talked about AI a few minutes ago. Uh, not yet. 
Um, so reliance on software alone to test software on, on, uh, on the premise that, that if we do this, um, humans won't be able to breach us as well is ridiculous. But that's what we've been doing for 20 years. Um, what we try to do at EdgeCon is combine human uh, um, know-how and, and intelligence where required, but, but use tons of automation software as well. We, we, you know, with EdgeCon, it's, it, it's about automate the hell out of everything um, as long as accuracy doesn't suffer. So automate where we can, but if we get some complex vulnerabilities or complex uh, conditions from, from a technological standpoint, we, we, a human will step in and 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 and, uh, and and address that, that that issue. This sort of this sort of models, in my view, you know what what a real attacker would do. What a real attacker would do um, in terms of you know human curiosity and intelligence is you you can't beat it still. Um, and I, I don't believe using automation alone can protect you against humans that are determined. So so EdgeCan you know is all about that. And it's all also about consolidation of vulnerabilities because traditionally we've had web application security and we've had network security and we have API security and now we have ASM, uh, attack service management. And they're all sort of siloed in some ways and they're all different industries and there's, there's pure play companies, you know. And our, our view, and you've pen testing as well, and our view is, is, is to consolidate those uh, to, to, to most degree because when you're protecting an enterprise, you need to have uh, visibility across the entire enterprise. And that means network, it means API, it means web application, uh, it means business logic, it, it means uh, technical vulnerabilities, it means compliance, it means risk. Um, and, it mean, and it also means what do I fix next? Because I've only got you know, a limited amount of people to do because there is a skills gap and there's a, a, a resource shortage. And how do, well, what, is, well, what, what things do I fix? Um, you know, with the resources I have. And uh, EdgeGAN is built and designed, and that's the passion that we've had for years, is to address, to try and help address that, the, the, that challenge of scalability, accuracy, and prioritization across the full stack. That's what we do. It's not, it's not blockchain, it's not AI, but it's, um, you know, there's a little bit of machine learning involved. But, you know, I don't, I don't think right now, maybe in 20 years time, we'll, we'll go completely AI. But right now we, we're, we're of the view that to protect against human attackers and determined uh, threat, threat actors, you need to have a human element involved. So, so, so that's how we built EdgeCamp. Yeah. yeah no no absolutely love it absolutely love it Owen and oh honestly I really really appreciate you coming on going for the story with yeah. me going for all the details cool. that, yeah that's uh, great really good thank you for your time Elliot um talk talk again soon please God yeah yeah don't for sure we'll uh we'll definitely be keeping an eye on this kind of over the next few years and hopefully uh yeah have a great 23 and um hopefully we'll do a podcast maybe at the end of the year see how it all went <laughs> yeah sure yeah well i said that'll be a little, uh, yeah it could wipe the, the smirk off my face that podcast <laughs> but we'll see we'll see <laughs> thank you very much thanks Elliot. cheers mate.